Hello, and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we explore and discuss elements of the scriptures that have become very real to us or made them become real to us so that we can better draw power out of the scriptures because we need that power in our lives today. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and this is a short cast where we're just going to spend a little time exploring the life of Jeremiah and and uh, how that the, the prophecies in his book interact with that and the history of Judah interact with that. It's been a while since we did uh, this history. This is the history um, where we're, we're witnessing the fall of Judah. And so that history is told in Second Kings. We did quite a while ago on Come Follow Me. And so we're going to try and recap that now uh, for you so that you can make sense of Jeremiah and, and understand his prophecies better by understanding kind of what's happening with him and, and what he goes through and so on. It's a little bit difficult as you go through the book of Jeremiah because the chapters are not in chronological order. So in order to aid you with that, uh, I created a chart with best guests. Some of them we can tell fairly well because they mentioned kings and what's happening and what year of the king gets in. And there are a bunch of chapters where it doesn't say anything. And so we have to try and guess, is this before or after some of these other chapters? So I've done my best and created a chart that you can find at my website, outofthedust.org. And if you just go to Old Testament AIDS, it's a page there. So go to outofthedust.org and then go to Old Testament AIDS and you'll be able to see uh, a number of charts and scrolling down there, you'll eventually find both uh, uh, this chart where I've done the chronological chapter or the, the chapters of Jeremiah in chronological order. And uh, another chart I made where you can look at these chapters in Jeremiah correspond historically with these chapters in Second Kings. So if you want to review the history as you're reading Jeremiah, that might be useful for you. In any case, let me just set the stage for you a little bit. Uh, we've had, uh, you remember after Isaiah, that's what we've just finished. So hopefully this helps you, uh, and Hezekiah and, and the miraculous spraying of Jerusalem and so on. And the Northern kingdoms have been carried away. And so the, the Southern kingdom or the kingdom of Judah starts to have a period of peace and prosperity and they expand and they start controlling a lot of the area that had been controlled by the Northern kingdom. Uh, they have some very wicked kings, and they start to fall into wicked and idolatrous practices. And then the very, very righteous King Josiah comes along. And Josiah enacts a number of religious reforms uh, that uh, really help Israel, like Hezekiah had done, very similar reforms. It, it helps Judah to, to get rid of idolatry. They they re uh, do the temple. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and and he uh, tries to centralize worship so they can control and not have idolatry happening. He's a very, very righteous king. Uh, at this point, uh, Egypt, which has uh, was at one point uh, an enemy to Assyria, but Assyria had come down and conquered them and put some people on the throne that were friendly to them. So they start being kind of an ally with Assyria, but eventually just kind of independently as Assyria is losing power. Uh, Egypt it, it nominally as an ally of, of uh, Assyria, but really just for themselves, starts to control the area. They're having a resurgence of power, and it's actually an Egyptian king that kills Josiah. It's during Josiah's reign that Jeremiah starts to prophesy. And as he prophesies, um, he it's somewhere early in his reign that Josiah will have this experience where they find, we think, it, it might be before Jeremiah's ministry, uh, and I said reign, but I meant ministry just now. It, it's it's difficult to, to tell exactly, but it seems like it's early in Isaiah's or Jeremiah's ministry 
that Josiah finds this uh, book that's probably the book of Deuteronomy, but this scroll on the temple that helps them recognize uh, that they need to focus on the covenant, that they need to, to reform some of the things happening in the temple, make a covenant renewal, and Josiah leads the people in a covenant renewal. Jeremiah probably, as in his early ministry, witnesses that and helps support. Although, interestingly, the person they go to to figure out if this really is um, an inspired book is a prophetess named Huldah. So Jeremiah is not uh, risen in status the way that he will by the end of his ministry. Um, but he seems to support this. You'll see early in his writings quite a bit about uh, they need to, to keep this covenant new, renew and actually keep the covenant and so on. Um, and then after a while, he kind of seems to respond to saying, okay, you're focusing on the temple, but in the wrong way. And eventually you're actually being idolatrous in the temple again. What you need to focus on is, is what's going on in your heart. So that may be a reaction to uh, the natural tendency people had. Okay, we're going to focus on on these temple reforms that Josiah got us to do and the covenant renewal we did in the temple. And then they just start to focus on the outward things, not the inward things. And Jeremiah seems to respond to that. And then, of course, they become idolatrous in the temple and he responds to that as well. So those are some of the things going on in Jeremiah's uh, lifetime. It's also in his lifetime that um, the Babylonians will destroy uh, the Assyrian Empire and eventually in the famous Battle of Carchemish in about 605 BC will defeat the Egyptians. And this will have some uh, pretty serious consequences for Jeremiah as well. So as we've uh, talked about in a couple of episodes, uh, Jeremiah grows up just uh, on the other side of the Mount of Olives from Jerusalem, just barely over in Anathoth. Um, he uh, is, is prophesying, as we said, and, and traveling a little bit to try and, and get people to uh, keep the covenant and so on. Uh, and he had, comes into sharp, sharp uh, disagreement with the priests and prophets in Jerusalem because they aren't prophesying truly, and they are telling kings what the kings want to hear. And that starts especially with Josiah's son, Jehoiakim, with an M on the end. So Jehoiakim. And uh, as a result, Jeremiah is going to come into some pretty serious conflict with Jehoiakim. Uh, so not too long after uh, Jehoiakim comes to power, uh, Jeremiah is instructed by the Lord to deliver a sermon that's often referred to as the temple sermon. And we actually seem to have two records of this in Jeremiah chapter seven, <clears throat> the first like 15 verses, and in Jeremiah chapter 26, the first 24 verses. And uh, he, he goes into the temple and he, he preaches that uh, they're relying too much on just going through the motions of the temple but not on really worshiping God and doing what they should, including not on uh, taking care of the poor the way they should, uh, not worshiping God with purity of heart and that kind of a thing. And so we prophesize that in the temple and the priests in the temple do not like this at all. Uh, he's seen as kind of an outsider to them. He's coming in and kind of usurping their authority. They're the ones that are supposed to teach and say what's going on, but they've been saying all is well and so on. Um, and, uh, so they really, really don't like this, but Jeremiah preaches it nonetheless. And the, uh, he says that as a result, um, the, of uh, the people's wickedness and not doing things the right way and so on, that the Lord is going to destroy Jerusalem. And, uh, the, uh, this is going to be a terrible thing. And the priests immediately say, 
well, he's he's worthy of death. We should put him to death because we're trying to get people to rally around the king and uh, be ready to support him and his rebellion against Babylon. And if uh, someone comes and says you're going to be destroyed, that doesn't help our cause. So they're ready to put Jeremiah to death. But fortunately, they're a group of, of nobles. Uh, it's called princes in the King James Version. Uh, these are uh, leaders among the people, probably tribal leaders, uh, leaders from each tribe and that kind of a thing. And they come to Jeremiah's defense and they say, you you can't do that. He's not done anything worthy of death. And they actually invoke Micah. They said, you know, in the days of Hezekiah, Micah prophesied that Jerusalem would be destroyed if they didn't repent. And I should note that Jeremiah keeps saying, if you don't repent, these are the things that are going to happen. Uh, and Micah prophesied that uh, Jerusalem would be destroyed. And Hezekiah didn't put him to death. Instead, he listened to him. So we should... Uh, we should not kill Jeremiah. And as a result, Jeremiah was not killed. Um, but there were some people that uh, became his enemy from here on out. Uh, so that's that's a tough thing. So um, he continues to prophesy, though, and he'll continue to, to speak against uh, Jehoiakim and what Jehoiakim is doing uh, and um making enemies of these priests. So somewhere along the line, we don't know exactly where this happens. We get the priest uh, Pashur that I talk about in the, the podcast that you'll listen to with George Pierce. Uh, he puts Jeremiah in prison for a day. Uh, I think I may have even talked about that with Avram. I can't remember now. Um, you get uh, Jeremiah. He's asked to do all sorts of things, by the way, as prophecies. Uh, in Jeremiah 13, he's asked to put on this uh, linen girdle. It's like a, it basically his underwear and get it all smelly and, and yicky. And uh, then uh, he's going to uh, use that as a prophecy of what's going to happen to the people. He's told not to marry um, because he uh, is is going to uh, Judah is going to go into captivity so as a symbolic action as prophecy he doesn't marry because it's uh, just a way of saying this is not a normal time things are not stable he puts on a yoke we can read about this in Jeremiah 27 and I think I mentioned this with uh, George Pierce so I won't talk about it more but he puts a yoke on and then Hananiah breaks his yoke and he talks about that we've done Jeremiah 18 with the potter uh, he purchases land in in chapter 32 God hasn't purchased land uh, and say this will be for uh, either his descendants, which is a little odd because he's not going to have descendants, or his his nephews and nieces and so on, uh, meaning, uh, yes, we're going to go into captivity, but we will come back. It's one of these little rays of hope that he holds out. We're going to come back. It's worth purchasing land and keeping the deed because people will, our, our descendants will have the chance to have this land. So he has all sorts of interesting things he's doing along those lines. Um, let's, let's continue with uh, his history. So after the Battle of Carchemish, when it's clear that the Babylonians are coming, uh, Jeremiah dictates to his scribe, and he's the one prophet we know how we get his records. He has a scribe named Baruch, and he dictates uh, to his scribe a prophecy uh, about the fact that they're going to be destroyed by the Babylonians, and they should just submit to that yoke so that it's not so bad. Um, and he has that uh, he has Baruch take the the scroll of these prophecies and read it in the temple. And uh, again, it incenses people, but there are some of these nobles who say, okay, we're going to need to take this to the king, but he's not going to like us. So you and Baruch go into hiding, just hide and don't let anyone know where you are. And they take that scroll into the king and the king is incensed and he cuts it uh, up and he burns it in the fire. 
Um, and uh, he wants to kill Jeremiah, but he can't find him because Jeremiah's in hiding. But Jeremiah dictates again his prophecies to Baruch so that they're not lost. Um, Jehoiakim will eventually withhold tribute from the Babylonians. And uh, Jeremiah again starts to war, warn people that uh, they're going to be destroyed and they should just submit to the Babylonian yoke rather than rebel against them. And this makes the king very upset again because he's causing people to, to be afraid. Um, and then uh, the Babylonians come and they lay siege to Jerusalem. Um, but the king dies uh, before the siege, and he's succeeded by his son Jehoiakim. So it's the same, almost same sounding name, but one has an M on the end, and the second one, the son, is Jehoiakim. All right, so Jehoiakim is the grandson of Josiah, um, and he is the one who um, just surrenders to the Babylonians. And uh, he, the Babylonians come to lay siege, but he surrenders and they take him captive to Babylon and they put their own person on the throne. So what they do is they take his uncle, Jehoiakim's brother, Zedekiah, and they put him on the throne. Uh, so this is, again, another son of Josiah um, that will rule the throne. And Zedekiah listens to Jeremiah a bit more than uh, Jehoiakim did, but he will still also uh, rebel against Babylon. And this will really affect uh, Jeremiah as well. So uh, Jeremiah prophesies, we'll get in chapter uh, 37, that he's, he prophesies that Egypt will fall and he's uh, cast into a dungeon. And then uh, later he's, he's let, uh, allowed to go into um, a, a better part of the prison. Uh, so he's, he's put in the court and then he's going to prophesy again. Um, and Zedekiah kind of wants to listen to him, but uh it's these priests and prophets that uh, jeremiah keeps saying are false prophets that uh, are offended and and uh they uh they don't like what's going on so they um they want to have jeremiah uh, jeremiah be cast into prison or killed and so they the second time cast him into this miry pit that i'll talk about at length with with george pierce in the podcast with that uh, or with him um, and he's rescued by Evan Melech. And uh, then eventually um, Babylon does come in and destroy Jerusalem. And uh, he is allowed to be free because of his prophecies. And Evan Melech is as well. Uh, but eventually uh, he's forced to go to Egypt, even though he doesn't want to. Um, and so one of the times he's thrown into prison, I forgot to mention this. One of the times he's thrown into prison is because um, after giving a prophecy that they'll be destroyed, he is leaving Jerusalem to go and preach his message elsewhere. And the people take him and say, you're going over to the Chaldeans. You've been prophesying for them. You're going to, or the, the Babylonians, you're going to go over to them and help them. And so you're guilty of treason. And he says, no, that's not true. And that's one of the reasons he's thrown into prison. But it seems to be an excuse because they just don't like what he's saying. So Jeremiah has a lot of difficult things, but he he is warning the people again and again and again that they need to repent. And to keep the covenant and not to rely on the temple or uh, their outward ordinances to be spared, uh, but to, to keep the covenant in truth. And when it becomes clear they're not going to do that, he starts to talk, and I'll do an episode on this. He starts to talk about, well, one day God will renew the covenant. Since you're going to break the covenant and be destroyed, one day God will take your descendants and renew that covenant with them. And then we'll start really keeping the covenant in truth. That's an important part of his message. And he witnesses the downfall of Judah like Isaiah witnessed the downfall 
of Israel. Uh, these are and, and Mormon witnesses the downfall of his people. These are prophets who have a difficult job to preach and warn, knowing that uh, they're not going to be successful with the majority of the people that listen to them. But we can be grateful they did it because uh, not only did they help some people in their day, but they helped millions in our day. And for that, I am extremely grateful. And I hope that this helps you make sense of the book of Jeremiah and some of the other podcasts that we'll do. Uh, but I'm so grateful for prophets and the price that they're willing to pay so that we can learn God's word.